Welcome everybody to Hill City Church. Go ahead and stand with us this morning.
Yes, give him praise. Hallelujah, God. There is no one like you, Father. There is no one like you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for meeting us here. Thank you that we're gathering together in this time of unity. God, let our praises rise up to your, your throne right now, God. Let it be like incense unto you, God. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would just rest in this time. We've come to meet with you, Lord, so come meet us here. We just worship you, Father. We thank you for today, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
you're here, God. So today, Lord, we let you in, God. We let you into our hearts. We let you into our minds, God. We let you in this morning, God. And as we do that, God, as we let you in and as we praise you, God, would you inhabit our praise, Lord. You are welcome here, God. Do a work in each of our hearts this morning that only you can do.
surrender, but it, sometimes our action, uh, it, it takes us a little deeper. Sometimes we hold back the praise that we need to give to God. This has nothing to do with emotionalism, but it's just giving you access. Give God access to your heart just for a moment. Just like as David would fall on his face when he would, uh, he would come to the throne of God. When they would come to the temple, they would bow. There's a physical action that gives a reaction, and we're going to honor God with just our praise. So one last time, we're going to ask the Spirit of God, without holding back, let's just hold back nothing. And I ask you to speak the words and just sing it. Spirit of God, Jen. Spirit of God. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your praise. We need you, God. We need you, God. Your come your will be done here as in heaven just the voices spirit of God fall fresh on us we need 
Give God praise. You guys can be seated. Sometimes you got to make a statement. The amount of energy you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. You, sometimes it just puts you in a different mindset when you just go all in. It's like love, right? When you're in love, you just, when you're all in, it just is totally different. And I, I don't want you guys to just be dating God. There has to be a deep commitment, a deep commitment. And, and, and when you go into a deeper commitment, a deeper walk with God, it's just different. It's just totally different. And I don't want us to be looking in on the inside and saying, this is, uh, this is as much of God as I want. And I, and I read you a quote last week that said that by C.S. Lewis that we are too easily satisfied with the money, with, with the stuff, with the, with the peripheral, with the sex, whatever it is. We're too easily satisfied with the small stuff of life and we think that's it when God has so much for us when we God wants us to go so much deeper we're like oh this is enough this is enough and God's like you are too easily satisfied your soul is too easily satisfied because if you wanted the depth of uh, of what I have for you you would go deeper you would you would seek me stronger because I have the answer that you're looking for I have the the rest for your souls I have the peace that you've been looking for I have the love that you've been longing for and you've been trying to find it here there everywhere and you know what you'll never find it that that is the that is a trick of our world we are marketed all these things that this will give your soul rest this will make you happy and then you get there and you have it and you say this is it how many times have you ever bought something or, or done something you said this is it and I'm telling you you will never say that in the depth of the presence of God and if you haven't been there get there don't make an excuse no excuses we have one life to live and you have the privilege of living in this state in this country I was thinking about Haiti this week all week because we've been there and uh, and we, 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 we uh, some of us we go there yearly and we served there at Mission of Hope Haiti. And, and I was just thinking, man, there is the whole countryside of one side of that country. It has just been, it's, it looked like a giant stepped on it. That's what it looks like. There's nothing up. Everything's broken. And that's the life that they're living. They are just trying to, like, trying to, what are they going to eat? What are they going to drink? Just, just all these things that we don't worry about. I'm telling you, we are so privileged. Let us not... Like, let us not draw back our, uh, the love of God on our life, the, the, the grace of God that's just in our living, in the simple things. If you have your family members today, if you, if you have a job today, if you have just the simple things, let's get back into a heart of just praise, a heart of worship, a heart of gratitude. When you are around grateful people, you'll just have a good day. <laughs> when you're around just, uh, just like uh, negative people, that's what you get. And I'm, I'm telling you, just be, be grateful for all the things that God has placed in your life. Stop counting the, the bad things. Start counting the right things. I'm telling you, there's so much that we have to be grateful for. Amen? In, in, uh, in Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek God first and His kingdom and His righteousness, His ways, His right standing. And all the things that you worry about, all the things that you talk about, all the things that weigh you down, you don't need to worry. He'll take care of those as well. And I pray 
that, that it, you know, that's one, a major verse for my life when I get off course, because I get off course a lot. And I say, you know what? I need to seek God again first. And it's funny when you, when you take care of the top thing, everything else begins to fall into line. And that's what that verse is for us. And that's what Jesus meant. Because all these people are worrying about this, that, and the other thing. He says, fix that and everything else will fall into place. And for some of us in here, we need to fix that number one place. We've put other things up there thinking that it would fulfill us and make things right in our life and it's going to turn it into more chaos. If, it's, if your life is going into chaos right now, why don't you just pull back right now knowing, let's get this right first. Amen? Uh, as the guys come forward, I'm going to pray for the offering and uh, that's your tithes and offering goes here and if this church is making an impact on your life, please continue to give and thank you for your giving. Thank you for your giving and and uh, I just pray that we can make a difference in our community, in our world, going forward and today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for you, that we get to hear. We, we said you're a good father. Then we sung about your spirit, that you are welcome here, that the spirit of God just fill this place, God. And as we go into your word, your word is, it says that you are the word of God. So we're, we, are, we are celebrating the Trinity, a father of the Holy Spirit and the Son today. And I pray we get all of that into us as God. And I pray you speak to our hearts, you change our lives. And I, I pray, I believe that even those who are far from you today, that you can change everything in just a glimpse in a moment. And I ask you do that today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you in your giving. Today, I have the privilege of uh, welcoming my friend, Paul Frank. He, he's one of the leaders of this church. Got and you got one whistle. <laughs> All right, we, yeah. welcome Paul Frank. All right. He loves you guys. He prays for you guys. And I, I, just, I, just, I just, just know, just know that uh, God's doing great things. God's uh, bringing up a lot of leaders and speakers and and uh and i'm just excited to hear from my friend honestly cool good morning everybody let's get this cord out of here i got a little bit more volume bob thank you um well like john was saying my name is paul part of the team here so i get the honor i'm so glad to get to speak to you guys today and um hopefully you guys are open to hearing something good about the sabbath say sabbath sabbath cool um, and we'll get more into what the Sabbath is and explain that a lot more. Um, if this is one of your first times um, here in this church, welcome. Um, we're, we are so honored and glad you're here. Um, or if it's your first time online, um, and, and join us, thank you. And we're not jealous because you're in pajamas or anything like that. So, um, but no, we, uh, we do stream these services live, for those of you guys who know. Uh, that doesn't give you license to stay home. But if you want to, it's okay. Um, and we do do that for people. Um, I remember Jason travels and stuff. It's just so funny. You hear these people are like, hey, I was watching the service today from Iowa. And you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> um, or people like internationally have watched our services. So it's pretty amazing to hear that. Um, but I, yeah, I was going to say, back me up a little bit. Uh, I just got a few things I wanted to handle, uh, cover real quick. Um, the, uh, uh, I wanted to uh, recognize uh, October is the month is uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, and um, I don't know why it's October. Some probably was like, let's make it October. Okay, sounds good. It's probably been that way for a long time. Um, so we wanted to honor you guys throughout the month. Uh, John and Candace, can you guys stand real quick? 
Give him a hand. So I, 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 and a lot of people would want to say things, and we're not going to open it up because I'm the one with the mic. So um, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, uh, we're, we're, official, we're five years into this journey, technically. Um, you know, we started Thrive Church North five years ago, and uh, we started Hill City three months ago, about. Um, and so um, without you guys, this wouldn't exist. Um, and uh, I don't mean that in the sense of, like, God's not bigger than that, but that you guys have led us. You guys have shown us. Um, you're good models of the gospel, good models of serving, and uh, you lead us well. And uh, we thank you uh, for leading us. And uh, what we can do as a church is just do everything we can to help them lead us. Um, they're not perfect. Sorry to say, everybody. Um, but uh, I want to put you on a pedestal even higher. But um, I love you, my life, my wife. We love you, our best, you know, some of our best friends. And I just want to personally thank you for everything that you guys sacrifice and give to us. There's so many behind-the-scenes things that nobody ever sees, right? That you guys see this a lot of times, but there's so many little things that happen. And um, just being available. Um, and so um, I love you guys. We love you. And let's just give him a hand one more time. And with that, we bought you a new car. No, just kidding. No, in serious, though, throughout the month, though, um, we did set up a fund on, and we'll talk about it a little bit more next week, but if you guys want to help give to them just as a gift, um, in addition to your tither offerings, uh, feel free to do that. So we set up on, on a hill, myhillcity.org. You can go to give, and there's a section that says something cool like give to John or something. No, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> but uh, there is a section that if you want to give a special gift to them uh, throughout October, um, I, I encourage you guys to do that. Um, so, um, yeah, so we love you guys. Um, I'm dedicating today's. I know we dedicated last week, Jason. Where's Jason Hammer? Is he here? There he is. These guys are awesome, just so you know. They, I know we don't give them enough shout, um, enough praise, but uh, him and his wife are right there doing the... Um, it's kind of weird to talk to you while I'm being filmed. <laughs> but, uh, but they do so much, and uh, they, they really, you know, they, they, with excellence, do a good uh, video and, and uh, online services and all these things. And... Um, um, so Jason last week put this on the service, and uh, I'm dedicating today's technically to Sean Klukman, Pam. Um, we talked about this last week. So that's going to stay right here. Um, we lost Sean September 25th, uh, about two weeks ago, and um, we had a service this week. And so today's all about Sean for me. I'm going to preach the whole time with him right up here. Um, but Pam gave me a note right before she wanted me to read this um, to, to the church family. And... Um, Thank you to my church. I'm going to read this uh, verbatim as she gave me this note. Thank you to my church family. This is from Pam right over here. Um, I said, do you want to come up? She said, no, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Um, but she did a phenomenal job at her son's funeral. Um, not to give too much of this, but it's really, really hard to do that. And she did an amazing job just sharing thoughts about her son um, and losing him. Um, but she says, thank you to my church family. We cannot express in words how much we appreciate what was done for our family in the loss of our son, Sean. From everyone who brought food, both during the week and at the reception. In addition, setup for the reception was a major help to us. The prayers, the calls, the texts, we never could have made it without these. Pastor John, thank you for the wonderful celebration of life um, for Sean. It will never be forgotten. Pam and Jim Richards. So, um, thank you, Pam. Thank you for the notes, and we do what we can. It's so hard to grieve. We just want to grieve with you. That's the best thing we know how to do. And just to serve you guys. So thank you for the kind note. And um, we're a family. That's what we do. We take care of each other in, in grief and loss, in celebration, that um, we're there for each other. Amen? Amen. 
and um, that's what we do here. Um, so I'm going to hop into the message, and uh, we'll keep going. Uh, it officially feels like fall this week to me. I don't know about you guys. Anybody like the crisp letter, uh, letters? Leaves. Hey, they're like, look at those letters. Um, I used to not like fall as a kid. I don't know about you guys, but fall to me was like things dying, you know, back to school. Days are getting shorter. It's dark when you get up. I was like, man, fall stinks. Um, but as I get in, a, as I grow to be an adult, I've learned to uh, enjoy the colors. And you know, like, look at the colors, kids. They're like, oh, okay. They just don't get it. They have no appreciation for like the changing of the leaves. And they probably like me, like, I can't wait till they fall so I can rake them. Um, and so that's really where they're at. But, uh, you know, the, it, it, leaves are changing. It's colder weather. And most important, the Broncos are in beast mode. Um, so officially fall. Anybody got a Vaughn Miller? Cool. You got a Vaughn Miller. I'm going to use that later in the sermon. And uh, so, but with the fall season, it's also really busy, isn't it? You kind of go from summer where you're kind of like going by the seat of your pants. You're like, I'm not going to do anything today. Um, well, I don't know if that's, uh, at least that's um, for some people. Um, but those who stay home, no, I'm just kidding. Um, my wife's, okay, never mind. I will dig myself out of that one right now. But it's busy, sports and mu- mu- sports programs. Man, I hear about, I was talking to Adam and he does, he does a basketball, it's so intense. I don't remember this as a kid with sports and music. Um, my kid's in choir and I was like, yeah, it sounds good. Oh, choir starts at 7 a.m. on Wednesdays or Tuesdays. Boo for me. Um, I have to get up really early and get my kid to school. So it's just this really busy thing. You know, the holidays are approaching, which is crazy to me. Um, the constant, and then just the constant barrage of things to do, right? We Americans, and we're pretty good at like filling empty space, aren't we? We're like, there's a slot, fill it with something. I don't know what we're going to do, but we got to do something. We can't just sit around and rest. Um, so we're really good at doing that. Um, I can't speak for everybody, um, but I, I know we live a very busy pace because I know my friends, I know sort of our, our circle, and I'm, we're always like, we're so busy. I'm like, and I ask the question, are you busy or are you producing? Because I think there's a difference. Sometimes we're very in motion. We're like, are you doing anything? Um, I think I did something. You know, I was really active. Um, but I, John was telling me this, like, even work feels like a rest sometimes because our extracurricular lives are so busy that we're like, oh, can I just go to rest? Or can I just go to work and rest, <laughs> you know, and just be there and like, oh, do my job, whatever it may be. Um, so we just live a very, very busy life. And uh, I, I think we, we operate probably at too fast a pace sometimes and we're almost breakneck. Um, I know my life is this way sometimes. Um, and I know we're list- there's different people in the room at different stages of life and some are like, yeah, I'm not too busy right now. Or others are like, yeah, I just don't have enough time to do anything. I'm always running out. Um, so it doesn't really matter um, what the pace is right now. All I, I'm going to speak about rest. And that could be if you're really busy or if you're, or if you're already kind of a slow schedule, but you still may not be resting. Okay? And I'll explain that a lot more as we go through this. Um, so just case in point, I looked at my calendar this week, and um, I, I have a very... Uh, um, I got a busy schedule, and I counted my meetings Monday through Friday, and I had 40 meetings. 40 separate meetings. And it's not because I'm a really big deal, because I'm not, so I don't be like, oh, I'm, you know, I have 40 meetings. Um, that's not the case at all. I was like, I was like, and I looked at, I was talking about my wife, I looked at the schedule, 40 distinct meetings. And I, and I said, I've probably got fruit out of, out of five of those, Jason. Like five out of 40. It was, it's actually kind of depressing. Be like, what did I do those 35 calls? Um, but there's so many things that we just fill our lives that are really not very adding to your schedule. They're not adding to your life. They're actually taking away. Um, it's hard for me at work to be like, no, I'm not going to come to that one. Not very important. You know, I don't feel like I'm going to get much out of it. So I have to set up a lot of meetings. I have to go to a lot of things. But I'm very busy um, doing a lot of different things. 
Um, but my point is that our schedules are full. Um, and ultimately, this pace in a lot of us is unsustainable. Um, I'm going to talk about Sabbath today, and Sabbath is rest, and I'll get into that. A Sabbath will happen to you at some point, okay? You may just get really sick and be like, has everyone felt like that? Like, I don't know if you felt this. It's maybe sort of like sadistic, but it's like, I got sick. Oh, I can just lay here, right? You're like, it's forcing me to lay down because I'm like, it's kind of a relief. You're like, I can just come up with excuses why I don't have to clean the dishes or anything around the house. I just feel like, I just get to sit here and tell my wife I'm just really sick, you know? Um, but a Sabbath will be enforced upon you. You are human, and you will, you will fall and fall asleep and have to crash eventually, right? And I'm trying to learn this in my own life. Um, so right now, just I want to just take a deep breath. I've been running around like a chick with my head cut off this morning, and John was telling me, like, stop. Um, just trying to get things and moving stuff around. And so I just want us to all just right now just take a deep breath. I didn't hear much inhale. Let's do it again. Ready? Ah. <sighs> Doesn't that feel good? Anybody ever do deep breathing? Nobody? All right, good. All right, that'll be part of what we do today. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about Sabbath, okay? An old Hebrew word that I'll explain in more detail. Um, but today is all about learning the art of rest, all right? And this isn't just like, hey, did I, did I get my seven hours of sleep like my Fitbit told me, you know, and I woke up and my rest was good. Um, it's not even, not even actually talking about a whole lot of physical rest today. We're going to talk about a different type of rest. Rest that's for our soul. All right, which is all of us what we're really longing for ultimately. Amen. So we're going to meet Jesus. Uh, we're going. We're continuing on our Meet the Jesus sermon. Uh, we've been in this for about two months now, and we're going through in detail the book of Mark. Um, it's the second gospel, the second books in the New Testament. So it's kind of on the the, the the last third of the Bible. And today's title is Lord of the Sabbath. Say Lord of the Sabbath. And uh, we put a graphic on Facebook, kind of hearkening back to LOTR, if you know what LOTR is. Good job. Some of you are like, that's really awesome. Other of you are like, that's really lame. Um, so we did Lord of the Sabbath um, because that is literally the words that Jesus said in the text. Um, so we're going to get to that. And um, it wasn't just to sort of shove it into uh, Lord of the Rings. But I'm gonna, let's get started. So Chase, I'm going to have Chase Rambo come up, and he's going to read our first scriptures, um, Mark 2.23. All the way through 28. I know yep. I told you through 27, but all the way through 28. All right. All right, so it says, One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisee said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God, and ate the consecrated bread, which is unlawful, which is lawful only for the priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. And we're going to pray to get into this here. Uh, Lord, just help us to get a greater understanding of what you mean when you tell us that we need to take a Sabbath and what that means for rest in our lives and God, help us to take time to, to breathe and be patient and listening for you, um, taking time with you, Lord, and just looking to you for, for help and guidance in all that we do, to take time away from our busy actions so that we may live our life better for you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Good job. He's a teacher, you can tell. So the Pharisees, uh, who, the, what are the Pharisees? They're kind of the local pastors at the time. So this is like John, right? No. Um, Sorry. Um, 
He's like, look, what are they doing? Why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? They know they picked grains. And like, so why was this such a big deal? So I'm going to get a little bit, of, a little bit historical on you because you're like, why is it such a big deal that they harvested on the Sabbath? It's not a big deal, right? Um, we do all sorts of things on our Sabbath. We shop, we go to Broncos games, we do all sorts of things, right? So you got to go back a little bit to, to Genesis to understand um, why this is such a big deal. So we're going to go back to Genesis, the first book of the Bible. And um, just as a note here, I'm certainly not claiming to be a historical biblical uh, scholar here. I'm not astute on old Jewish law, all right? If there anybody is in here, then I'm scared because I hope I don't say anything wrong. Uh, but this context is important to define at a high level its relevance to the scriptures that, that uh, Chase just read. Why are they basically freaking out that Jesus and his disciples are doing things on the Sabbath? Okay? So many of you know this. If you've been raised in church, you kind of know the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the... All right, two people know it. You've got to read the Bible more around here, I guess. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, so this went on for six days. God's creating and building and like, like just this massive, awesome thing happening, right? Um, it probably wasn't a six literal days, all right? It's probably longer than that. Um, but it says here in Genesis 2, 2, 3, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Okay? So God was creating, he was working, he was laboring, just like we do many times, right, for five days a week. He did that for six days. He probably, he created a bit more than I probably do in five days, you know, like the whole earth. Um, so he's, I put him a little higher than us. Um, but after six days of creating, he decided to rest. And this wasn't because God was tired. He's not like, oh, man. I need some more of something to make me feel better, right? He's just, he looked back and he said, that is good. So he created this beautiful thing and took a day off, a day of rest and said, I'm going to stop. All right. So in the beginning, God demonstrated in the very beginning of scripture, the concept of creating or laboring and working and rest. All right. So you see, we're, we're, we're like 1500 years in the future with Jesus here um, from when Moses was talking about this, but this is going way back. All right. So I'm going to move on. So Jesus or God, God uh, reflected in the beginning about creating and resting. Then Moses, um, kind of a big deal in the Old Testament, he develops this concept further in, uh, in a small thing called the Ten Commandments. All right. Just like Genesis 1, everyone heard of the Ten Commandments, all right? kind of part of our culture. Um, so it found this interesting. Do you know Sabbath is one of the commandments um, in, the, in, the, in, in, the, in Exodus? And it's, not, it's right next to murder and stealing and lying and idolatry and coveting. These things were like, I would absolutely not do that, right? And then he also says, but keep the Sabbath holy, right along those other pretty like major sins, right? Those thou shalt not things. Um, so he goes through these things and, and I found it interesting. There's only, there's a couple like thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder. You know, it didn't say like thou shalt not steal. And let me explain what that means. He goes into, but, but around the Sabbath, he goes on and explains it for like four sentences. I'm not going to go into the, into the word and read that, but the, the, the Sabbath was very important. All right. So I'm trying to not saying that all commandments are different, but the amount of time he took to explain the Sabbath, uh, was much longer than most of the, uh, the commandments in, uh, within the 10 commandments. All right. So in the beginning, God created it, gave it to Moses. All right. Moses refined it. And in, it, when it was, when it was uh, documented in Exodus, it was about rest, remembrance, and worship. And I'll say that again. Rest, well, no rest, remembrance about what God had done, and ultimately worship. So what, that's the things you were supposed to do on the Sabbath. Okay. So then it goes on, to, uh, within a later in Exodus, he defines what the, what the uh, Sabbath is a little bit more. And he talks about not harvesting on the Sabbath. Okay, so you're not supposed to work, right? So we say, don't like take your day off and say, I'm going to go work all day on my Sabbath. This doesn't sound like much of a rest, does it? 
Um, so 15, fast forward 1,500 years. This is when Moses first did this. Now we're in Jesus' time, okay? So this concept, this law of the Sabbath had been in place for 1,500 years, and people have been adhering to it, living by it. It was part of their culture. All right, so then Jesus comes in, and um, so this is where we come up to the story where Chase just read, all right? So then they're, 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 they're there, the, the Jews are watching this, and then Jesus and his disciples walk across this field, and they quote-unquote harvest from the field, all right? They picked a few grains, all right? And imagine, not to pick on you, all right? I won't use you. I'll use a different pastor, <laughs> Pastor Mark over here, all right? And he's freaking out. He's like, why are you guys harvesting? And Jesus is like, I just see his face, you know? Um, a little bit of thing. And back in the time in the farmers, they would actually leave the edge of their fields unharvested for the poor and those in need. So it wasn't really illegal for someone to walk on their land and pick, but they're like, they left the fringe available for people who needed it. All right, so Jesus and the disciples just walk on the Sabbath, and they're like, I'm hungry, you know, I'm, they were in need, they needed food. And, this, and the Pharisees are like, what are you doing? You're breaking the law of the Sabbath, you're harvesting. And G- I can just see Jesus like, seriously? <laughs> you know, like looking at him like, you call this harvesting? And so they're, the, the Pharisees already, they were so entrenched and, and, and um, they were like, they were, um, they were just held back by the, law, by the letters of the law. And they were trying to come against Jesus at any time. Like, this is the beginning of where, Jesus, where they started to come against Jesus. And they're like, you're harvesting, you're breaking the law. All right? So then Jesus, um, so they're going through the fields, they're doing this thing. And the Pharisees said, look, why are they doing what is unlawful? And, and then instead of lashing out at them, he could have said, like, you guys are absolutely insane. This is ridiculous. Have you read the word? This is not the right way to interpret the Sabbath. So he comes at him and he says, this is very, um, this is very profound statement. And he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man, referring to himself, is Lord even of the Sabbath. So imagine these Pharisees, gosh, are like, we've been studying this for 1,500 years, and it's not for you. And Jesus is like, I'm the Sabbath. All right? So imagine them, like, freaking out a little bit, like, really? You're the Sabbath now? You know, this really important law to God and to Moses and our Ten Commandments, and all of a sudden you're saying, now I'm the point of the Sabbath? All right? So there's a really important thing, and I'm going to come back to that, because there's a lot to unpack in that statement. What does the Lord of the Sabbath mean, Edgar? Like, what does that mean? You know, they didn't really understand it. All they knew is they were upset and angry. All right? So I'm going to have another story. You ready, Candace? All right. So Candace O, um, Pastor Candace O, she doesn't like when I say that. Um, she's going to read Mark 3, 1 through 5. Time, he, another time, he went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. And he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched out his hand, and his hand was completely restored. Amen. Amen. Heal the guy. So... I'll flip roles. So say I'm the pastor, I'm the, uh, I'm the Pharisee here, and John stands up and he says, does anybody need healing, right? And Julie raised her hand, she says, I'm, I'm really sick. And, and then I'm like, no, absolutely not. You can't do that. We are not going to pray on the Sabbath, right? We're not going to pray for healing. That's against the law. It has to be life and death. Like you have to be like on the floor, not to get graphic, but like you have to be like in dire straits for that to happen. 
And this is where the Pharisees were just missing it, right? So the law was good, but they were getting so hung up that first of all, they didn't like Jesus because was, he was sort of trying to supplant their position and authority. And he said, I want to come. Um, he said, they said, I want to, um, I'm, I'm interpreting this law like this so that I can use it against you. And this is where they were completely missing it, right? And again, this is where Jesus is like, seriously, you know? I don't know how to do like a seriously type of thing. Um, but he, was, he, was, he looked around at them. This is interesting. The, the, the text and then says he looked around at them in anger and deep distress. Do you think of Jesus as angry ever, Scott? Like, hey, I'm angry. You know, he flipped the tables in the temple once. Um, but there's only a few places um, in the Bible where it actually talks about having anger, for Jesus being angry. Uh, and let me be clear. Anger is not a sin. Okay? Anger is not a sin. We might talk about that sometimes, but I don't think I've seen in the Bible where it says anger is a sin. Um, it said it, what, it, what anger is a sin is when you, res- you can have anger, but it's when you respond with anger. All right? So he was anger and deeply distressed, which means he's not just like a seriously thing, but he's now like, you are, guys are completely missing. I've just healed this man's hand. He was sick. And you're going to tell me I, we can't do that on the day of rest. All right? So Jesus is angry. But the, the important thing here is not that he was feeling anger, but that he converted his anger to love and responded in this way. Okay? So a couple things. One, he responded to the Pharisees in love. Although he felt anger and distress, he simply responded by restoring the man's shrunken hand to full health. Second, he reinforced the point that Sabbath was indeed for rest. Okay? So they were in the synagogue simply like this, okay? So Jesus wasn't coming in and saying, you guys are all, you know, we shouldn't be doing this right now, and the Sabbath is important, okay? So he wasn't saying negating it or saying it's not important, but he's saying the point of the Sabbath is to rest certainly, but it's also not to be so blind to the things where someone can live, where someone can be healed, right? Where life can happen, where transformation can still happen, where if someone's hungry, that they can still eat, all right? Just not missing the point of the law, okay? Are you guys following me so far? Yes, who was that? <laughs> Mark, thanks. So he reinforced the point that it was for rest, all right? And then this is where the, the Pharisees were just starting to bend it and, and trying to contort it so that Jesus looked bad, all right? Jesus demonstrated the intent of the law in this story. Rest, remembrance, worship, and even deep rest in healing, all right? This man was healed. This man has his hand um, um, restored to full health, and Jesus was his Sabbath on that day. All right. So he walked in. It wasn't like I just rested that day. In that moment, Jesus demonstrated that I am the Sabbath in this moment. I am the true rest. I am the one who's going to heal. I am the one who's going to bring fullness and rejuvenation for your soul. All right. So this is where it completely changed everything. This is the most important thing right here. When Jesus says, I am the Lord, even the Sabbath, Jesus means that he is the Sabbath. He is the source of deep rest. He has come to completely change the way we rest. He has completely come to completely change the way we rest. The one day a week rest we take, okay, our Sunday, our Saturday. Some of you are like, I don't even get that. I have like three hours on the weekend. Um, that's just a taste of the deep divine rest we need. And Jesus is its source. The seventh day of rest is indeed for physical rest. Say, I got it good. You're like, I don't know why I got it good. But I'm, Paul just maybe say it because he has the mic. All right. In ancient times, just real quick, um, there was no concept of taking a day of rest, all right? The Greeks actually looked at the Jews and said, you guys are lazy because you're, you're taking a holiday every week. <laughs> 
They're like, you're taking a day off every week. For the rich and elite, they're the ones who got days off. Everybody else works seven days a week, all right? And then when Constantine came, a little bit of history here, he set up the, new, the Christianity, and they said that the, the Christian Sabbath is Saturday, and the Jewish Sabbath is Saturday, right? And they couldn't decide which one to do, so they said, well, we'll just have both be Sabbaths. Hence how we came up with our two-day weekend, all right? So imagine going back, though, thousands of years, and nobody ever got a break. You just work seven days a week all the time. And then the Greeks are like, you guys get a rest every week, right? And that's why it was so, so important to God and the Jews, all right? So that's why I say you got it good. We get two days for most of us. I know some of you work six days. Some of you are like, I never stop working. Like, I get that. But we have instituted, like, rules in our government that says people need to rest. And that's a good thing. Say amen. amen. All right. So... He, this is so key. He doesn't negate it by changing the law. I said this, but he clarifies it. He expands it and brings to fruition the fullness of the seventh day that he is the Sabbath. All right. I really want you guys to get this, that it's not just that we rest on that day and we take moments to stop, but that the, mo- that the purpose of the Sabbath is to spend time with our Lord Jesus. He is the only one that's truly going to bring us that rest, that peace, that remembrance. Those things that were initially intended for the Sabbath are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. All right. So now that I've established what the Sabbath is and how Jesus is the point of the Sabbath, I want to give you four quick points um, on how to achieve and to preserve your own personal Sabbath lifestyle. Say, my Sabbath. Sabbath. Say it again. My Sabbath. Sabbath. Remember, you got to remember this. The Sabbath is for you. Okay? The Sabbath is for you. Um, We... um, Many times in Scripture, in, the, in, the, in, 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 uh, in our Christian walk, it's like God does something and there's action required of us. All right? So I gave so that you may go and, and preach the gospel to the world. I did these things. The gospel is purely for you. It is like it, you can be selfish about it. I don't know how else to say it. God rested and he said, I set this up, this institution, so that you may take that and rest upon it. There's no like, I have to really work and give something outward. It's really for you, Felix. It is your time to say, this is my Sabbath. All right, that's why I say that. And it is, this is what God just said when uh, Chase read it. The Sabbath is, it's, it, it, we're not for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for us. All right? I really want you guys to get that. Okay? So four practices for Sabbath in our lives. I call it, this is really cheesy. That's not a good start. Um, Sabbath in 4D. All right? So 4D means there's, three, there's four Ds I'm going to go through. All right? One, dedicate time. I want you to set aside specific slots in your week that are dedicated for Sabbath. All right? I feel if we don't do that, anybody else feel like their schedule will just fill up and be like, well, I had to do this and that came up and, you know, I didn't, I didn't really define it. I didn't really actually dedicate time. I was just kind of hoping it would happen sometime in the week. Um, I think we're just too busy. Our schedules are too breakneck. We allow things to just come into our lives that don't allow us to dedicate that time. Most of my friends and family know that my Saturday, I say this a lot, like Saturday's my Sabbath right? It doesn't always happen. Like there's stuff on the weekends, there's stuff on Saturday morning where we're running around to events or stuff and kids and all that. But Saturday afternoons and Sunday afternoons after this, I'm like, I just want to sit on my lazy boy and watch football. And my wife's like, how much football can you watch on the weekend? I don't care. A lot. <laughs> Not enough. All right. She's like, it's every night. I know it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but um, I'm very intentional in this time. I have to tell myself, I know if, if I don't rest, right, like I will get sick. I've learned this. And I'm like, if I don't sit there and rest because I go too fast, that I will literally get sick. I know this about myself. So I have to sit there, even if I'm feeling guilty. If there's anybody like me and you're like, I'm motionless, I'm restful, I feel guilty because I need to be doing something. Anybody else like that? I know Candace is. No, I'm just kidding. 
Like, and I think it's like the A personality. You just feel like I have to be doing something. I, I, I should be doing that. And you just have to tell yourself, this is my dedicated time. Okay, so dedicate time. Define your Sabbath. So you've dedicated time. The next thing is define your Sabbath. What will you do in your rest? Sometimes you just need to simply rest, like sit there and just stare at the grass. Um, but I firmly believe that if you don't set, right, John? Just stare at the grass, stare at the moon. Um, sometimes I think if you don't set some basic goals, not high-pressure goals, Jason, like I got to read like 10 chapters of the Word and I got to sing 15 worship songs. Like that's a little intense, you know? Like give yourself some grace. Um, but I think if you don't define some things that you'll do during your Sabbath, you'll kind of end up just gravitating towards maybe watching football for four hours like me, which isn't the most productive. Um, but I think so defining some things like read a little bit, worship a little bit, maybe watch a DVD, maybe watch, you know, maybe do something that's, that's the, the time is spent with Jesus, who is Lord of the Sabbath. All right. So define a few things during that time that are about the Sabbath. All right. So the, and this speak clear, this is not a time of laboring, working, creating, producing. It's a time to rest, reflect and remember. All right. Number three, remove disruptions. In Mark 3, 7, right after the scriptures that Candace just read, uh, there's the next verse that moves on. And the first four words are there, or five words, or I'll just read it. Um, <laughs> Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake. This is very common. Jesus withdrawing to the forest, withdrawing to the mountains, withdrawing to the lake. Okay? That constantly he had his ministry, he had his work, that after those moments he would withdraw. All right? So that's why I say remove disruptions. Um, when I need to remove rest from my life, you know the one thing I do when I am like had a hard day and I had the, the 40 meetings? Um, I think you know the, the little uh, computers in your pocket, they're also called phones. Um, they're much more than that. And it, that. That's probably a distraction to almost everybody in this room. Um, I promise you, if you walk upstairs, what I do sometimes, she knows, my wife, and I've, I've had a hard day. I come in and I only say hi, walk upstairs, put my phone on my de- on my, by my bedside, turn it off, and I walk downstairs. I promise you, for those of you who are kind of addicted to your phone and waiting for the next text and email and have to be available all the time, that that will absolutely help you rest. It will allow your mind to say, ah, oh, I don't have this thing pinging me all the time, okay? And I'm not saying that's just what I have to do, but I do recommend turning those things off. When you go out, some, you know, go out somewhere to dinner, leave your phone at home. It's amazing. You're like, I can't check the score. Like Chase and I were like, it's okay. Life will go on, right? Like, there'll be plenty of scores to check later. Um, and then you can get real excited when you get home to turn it back on and be like, yes, I'm back on my phone. All right. Um, the last thing, Vaughn Miller is going to bring this up. Play some defense about your Sabbath. Okay, you define your, you dedicated time, you define your Sabbath, you remove destructions. And the last thing you're going to have to do is play some defense about your Sabbath. Um, Von Miller and the defense, they are, they are trying to, yes, yes. Um, they are trying to protect what? I don't, no, 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 come on, guys. They're not the offensive line, jeez. They're trying to protect that thing where they don't want people to get into. The end zone, right? They're trying, <laughs> we got to do this. All right, whatever, I won't go there. All right. <laughs> What are they trying to defend? Yeah, all right. And they do, they're really good at it, right? Von Miller's sort of offensive going after them, but then you got like, you know, Talik of Kiev, whatever his name is. I don't know what his name is. Chris Harris Jr., that's easier. All right. Um, but they're trying to stop the other team, like the Falcons, get into the end zone, right? Because they know that's bad. I think for us, we kind of have this Sabbath thing, which is really important to God. He said it's the Ten, ten Commandment make it holy. It is for you, all these things. And we're like, eh, just kind of walk in, take over my time, you know, fill it up, allow you to put 40, 40 meetings on my calendar. I don't think we do a very good job sometimes of protecting our Sabbath, you know? 
We don't really allow, we gotta play some defense on it and say that, is, that time is crucial to me. I won't let a birthday party, um, I won't let a, um, you know, a little get together, I won't let a, a something I have to run to the store, I won't let it interrupt and get in that time. So you need to treat it that seriously. And I don't mean to be like too intense, like oh my gosh. But I, I would love to hear us say like, you know, like I have to, I wanna meet with you Mark, and you're like, sorry man, that's my Sabbath. That might be kind of a weird thing to say, you know, like that's my Sabbath. Um, if someone doesn't know what you're talking about. but. It doesn't really matter. It's more like, no, that time is blocked. I can't meet that time, you know? Do we have that in our lives? I would venture most of us don't. But it's that crucial to say, like, that time I've set aside to not just so I can rest, but to, be, to have that deep rest with Jesus. If you're a Christian, we should be setting aside that time dedicated to be with God. Amen? That that time is that critical that we set aside time. We define what we're going to do. We remove disruptions from that time. And lastly, we play some defense and protect it. Say, that's my time. That's my Sabbath. Just with me. And, and honestly, there's got to be time where it's just you, not your family, not friends. There's time where it's just you doing Sabbath. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. So one last thing I want to do. Uh, I just got a few more minutes here. Um, you know, we hear a lot of messages, and uh, we're, we're has such riches, richness coming through this uh, this sermon series of Matthew. We're going to be here a while, and I hope you guys are enjoying this as we go through Matthew and just keep bringing out truths of what's in the book and what Jesus is talking about. Um, but I want you to do just two simple things, all right? One is this. Remove something in your life um, that is not supporting what I'll call your Sabbath lifestyle. Are there things in your life that are just a constant distraction um, that when you go, and you can start coming up, Jen, when you go um, you know, throughout your life or throughout your week, and you're like, there's things in my life that I know I could probably have time for Sabbath, the time to spend with God and, be that, and, and achieve that deep peace that I know can be found in God. Um, but they just keep distracting me, distracting me, disrupting me. So I want you to think of one thing that you can remove from your life that that may be. You know, that may be technology. Maybe like what I said, you go upstairs, you put the phone down. Um, I could easily come up with 10 things that distract me, all right, for me in my life. I'm asking you just to do one, all right, one thing. And then the second thing is just the flip side of that coin. Add, thing into, add something in your life that supports the Sabbath lifestyle, all right? So this may be what I just talked about, those four Ds, about, about defining time and defining what you're going to do and removing disruptions and talking about, uh, you know, playing defense. You know, that's a good start. I hope you guys do that. But then what are you going to do during that time? What is that thing that you can add that says, God, I want to spend more time with you? Um, ultimately, it's this. I want you to add in your life a time to remember God, his truths in your life, what is to come, and to find peace in Jesus. He is the Sabbath, and he is the deep rest. That's what it's about. Jesus demonstrated the Sabbath is not to be enforced legalistically, as we saw in the Pharisees, with, with uh, what Chase and, and Candace read about harvesting on the Sabbath or not healing on the Sabbath. Um, it's not supposed to be legalistic. Right? Our true Sabbath, listen to this, listen, listen, listen. Our true Sabbath is not found in the day but ultimately in a saving relationship with Jesus, where we can rest from trying to earn worth or salvation and find rest in his finished work. The Sabbath is not a law for believers to obey, okay? Not the legalistic part. Instead, it's a grace to enjoy. It's for you. It's for you. And we're commanded to take that gift each week and to take that time and spend time, all right, and enjoy the, 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 the Sabbath principles. God is calling us to be good stewards of our Sabbath. We have a chance each week. Let's not squander it. And even someone like, like Sean, Pam, 
there's this concept of the eternal Sabbath. That ultimately, it won't just be the once a week thing that we do, but we're talking about salvation and spending eternity in rest and peace and remembrance and keep on worshiping God throughout our life. That there's, that's when Jesus said, the Sabbath is yes, that once a week, but I am the eternal Sabbath. I am Lord of the Sabbath. I am your rest. I am your peace. Amen. You can close your eyes. My prayer that is that if you're a Christian, um, that you would listen to this truth. I'm just going to pray. Thank you for your grace, God. Thank you for this gift of the Sabbath. Thank you for showing us that our true Sabbath is in you. We will commit to defending and elevating the importance of our rest in you. I pray we protect and keep sacred and holy our rest, our Sabbath. And lastly, I thank you for the deep rest and peace that we find in you. You truly are the Lord of the Sabbath. And my prayer that is if you're a Christian, um, or if you've been coming to this church for some time, that we treat this seriously. God certainly did uh, by sh showing us in, in the Old Testament um, and, and in the New Testament of the teachings of Jesus, and he still does. God still cares about the Sabbath. Let us understand that Jesus fulfilled and completed the point of the Sabbath, which is to take time and be restful in him and him alone. If you're new here or still trying to figure out this God thing, um, that I can help point you to Jesus. That even this morning, you can have a chance to meet the only source of rest and peace. We want to help you, and, uh, and I want to pray for you. So God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for our time to worship you um, on our Sabbath. Uh, I believe that for many of us, the Sabbath is today on this Sunday. And we come to church, we come to this place, to this school, to receive your peace, to receive your spirit, God, and spend time with you, Lord, that you are the Lord of this place. God, there's no other thing above you um, that we want to do as leadership of this place and Christians to follow you, God, and that you would be the Sabbath. You would be, God, the presence, Lord, and the Lord of this place. And I pray for, for those who, um, who maybe don't know you this morning. God, I pray for um, their souls. I pray for their hearts, their minds, God, that this morning they'd even begin to understand these truths um, that, that even in, in, in their lives that they may say, I don't have that peace. I don't have that joy. I don't have that understanding. Um, I don't know who this God is, but I want that this morning. I want that this morning. God, that you'd reveal yourself. Church, I'm just going to pray, and if everybody could just repeat after me, uh, if you've been coming here a long time, or if you're a Christian, uh, or if you've, you've never said this prayer before, I just want you to say this after, after me, um, and I want to help you. Lord God, Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your word. I believe in the word of God. I understand the Sabbath. I understand rest. But God, I want to understand deep rest for my soul. And God, I ask you now, reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I want to be close to you. I want to understand salvation. I want to understand who Jesus is. So right now, I say, God, I'm here. I love you. Be Lord of my life. 
forgive my sins, forgive my shortcomings, and be Lord of my life. God, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for, again, your, your presence, God, and your grace. God, that this, that this grace of the Sabbath, God, we don't, that we would not take that lightly. And Lord, we just, um, we, we take this day, uh, the rest of our Sabbath today and this week, God, that we would take these principles of the importance of the Sabbath and the importance of, of applying it to our lives, God. God, we pray that we'd be obedient church that demonstrates this um, as Christians and in people that go to Hill City Church. We love you so much. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can stand and we'll dismiss you real quick. Again, I want to just dedicate this to Sean Klukman. Pam. And um, I'm, I, I said this last week. I believe he's home. I believe he's finished strong. And, uh, and I believe that he's eternally resting and alive more than we know. Amen. And so um, I hope you guys have a great week. And uh, thank you for giving me the time, the opportunity to speak to you all. And um, we love you so much. And uh, we're going to continue on Mark next week. Back to Pastor John. And uh, don't forget that we'll set up the fund for them. Um, and you're, you're welcome to give. So blessings. We love you all. Have a great Sunday.